You're listening to sermon audio from King's Cross Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. For more information about King's Cross Church, you can visit us online at kingscrossraleigh.com. Good morning. My name is Aaron. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, it's a joy to be together. It's a joy to, uh, yeah, just to get together in person. Um, got a new preacher mic, so I can veer off a little bit, which is, which is fun. I'm pretty excited. You know, I might, I might get too excited and wander around. And, um, I'm also planning to make a couple of references to musicals, so I'm going to end up singing. Which, you know, we'll see. I'm excited. I love the topic of community. I love uh, just the gift of a church, the gift of being together, the gift of being able to serve one another. And um, yeah, so, so I'm excited. Just a, a little context. In this series, we're, we're talking about foundations and, and legacy. Um, three weeks ago now, Chad uh, preached from Psalm 145, talked about our legacy, talked about um, you know proclaiming God's greatness from one generation to the next. That's the kind of legacy that we want to leave. We want to proclaim God's greatness to the next generation. Um, and then last week, hopefully you got a chance to, to watch it on YouTube, uh, Chad preached from Romans chapter 1. He talked about the gospel and, and being gospel-centered as a church. And that kind of set the stage for this week and the next two weeks, Lord willing, we'll be preaching through are three core values as a church, which are community, service, and multiplication. So this week I'll be preaching on community. Next week I'll be preaching on service, um, talking about the story of Jesus washing his disciples' feet. I'm excited about that too. Um, and then in two weeks, Chad will preach about multiplication in the Great Commission, talking about how Jesus is with us in my world. Um, as we make disciples, as we go, he's with us, and all authority is, is his. So we could have, um, you know, you can make an argument for a number of different core values as a church, but we think these three are, are really key for, for living out the gospel. So being gospel-centered kind of plays out in these three core values. And I, I think one, one thing that's cool about them that I like is, is the way that they interact with each other. All right, so community isn't complete if it's not also showing service and multiplication. All right, so if we're a body of Christ, and we aren't serving one another, we aren't multiplying, we aren't pouring ourselves into others, then we're not you know, a true biblical community. And if we're serving, we're either serving our worthy sisters in Christ, building up the community, or we're, we're being like Jesus in, in serving others and being able to pour in ourselves and, or pour into others and multiply. One of the things from, from John 13 that, that always stands out to me is, is when Jesus is washing their seven feet, also washes Judas's feet. He also, you know, he doesn't stop serving based on your reaction to him. And so that's, you know, biblical service is, is always representing Christ. And then multiplication. If we are multiplying, putting ourselves in others, and those people aren't aren't in community, they aren't serving others, then we're not, it's not complete. So I think these three core values, they interact with each other and they, and they show what it looks like to be gospel-centered. It's, it's kind of the, the outward picture of you know, the inward gospel change in us. So um, as, we, as we go into community this morning, as we take this deep dive, um, it's, a, it's a big topic and there's a lot we can do, so we need the Lord's help. So I'm, I'm going to pray for us. 
Father God, I thank you for this time that we have together, this time to, to be together, to get into your word, and uh, to yeah, just to worship you, to speak the truth and love to one another, to remind one another of who we are, who we are in you as your people. I pray that you would, you would bless us this morning, open our hearts to hear from you, speak through me, Lord, don't let it be my words, my message, let it be you. It's a Jesus name, right? mm-hmm. I think there's there's something something in us, innate, that that wants to be part of something bigger. Right? We want to be um, yeah, just part of a, a bigger mission. And so I think you know some of the stories that that are the most popular that, that really grab onto us are stories of those where people come together to do something that's bigger than them. Right? So um, a few examples. Lord of the Rings. Um, I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan. You know, the movies came out when I was a teenager and uh, read the books too. And um, So the first book, first movie, is literally called The Fellowship of the Ring. So it's a group of people that that come together, not just people, elves and dwarves and hobbits. Um, they come together to for a mission that's bigger than them. Right? They're, they're trying to save the world. The Lord of the Rings, Sauron, he's He's trying to get back his one ring, and if he gets it, then they're going to, he's going to destroy the world. And so, um, so the fellowship comes together, and they, um, and they know that this mission is is bigger than them. It's worth everything. And so, there's a movie scene at the end of the first movie where um, the bad guys, the work guy, are coming, and they know that one of the hobbits, one of the little halflings, has has the ring. And so, their mission is to capture. Take the ring back to Saruman, and um, and so Frodo, the ring bearer, he's hiding behind a tree. He's trying to escape, and his cousins, Mary and Pippin, they, they see that he's hiding. They see that he's trying to get away, and they know that the Rokai are, are trying to capture him, and so they, they jump out and they sacrifice themselves. They let themselves be kidnapped so that Frodo can get away because they know the mission is bigger than them. It's worth everything. Another story, you know the. The biggest box office movie ever is Avengers, right? It's a it's a group of superheroes coming together, a team of superheroes to, to defeat you know, the bad guy, Thanos, who's stronger than any one of them. They have to come together to um, for this mission that's bigger than any one of them. And even, you know, musical, Hamilton. Right, so it's it's the story of one of the founding fathers, Alexander Hamilton. Uh, Justin and I watched some of this last night because I knew I was going to make this reference. Um, but he, he wants to be part of something that's bigger than him. Right? They, one of the songs says, you know, raise a glass to freedom. Something you can never, they can never take away. They said, tonight it's just the four of us, but tomorrow there'll be more of us. We're fighting for the revolution. It's something that's bigger than them. So we love these stories because, you know, we see this, this team of people coming together for something bigger. And we want that. And you know, I believe that we see in the Bible, we see in community that we can have that kind of story. We can be part of God's mission that's bigger than us. Right? We can we can join Him in the way that He has called us to. Right? God has created us for something that's that's more than just our satisfaction, our pleasure. He's called us to be part of community, to be, to be on mission with Him. And we can trust Him. We can trust that that His way is better than our way. Or we can trust him because we've seen how much he loves us. 
We've seen the gospel. We know that, that Jesus gave up everything. He humbled himself to become a human, to live his life perfectly, without any sin, sacrificed himself on the cross to die. And then on the third day, he was raised and, and defeated sin and death and made a way for us to be part of this community, made a way for us to, to come in. So we can trust the God that, that showed us his love like that. So in, this, in our text this morning, we're looking at Ephesians 4, 1 through 16, we see what being part of God's people entails, what it looks like. We see in this passage, you know, some of the answers to, to life's biggest questions. You know, we, we don't know, we want to know who we are, we want to know what our identity is, we want to know, we want to know what our purpose is, what we should do, and we want to know, you know, what, what we have to look forward to, what our future is. And so, um, yeah, so that's my, my main idea for us, is that you know, being part of God's people answers those biggest questions. Right? Being part, part of God's people defines who you are, how you should live, and what you can look forward to. We see in this text um, the three, three key ideas in community. Right? We see the essence of community, the expression of community, and then the end of community, what we're working towards. So the essence of community is that, that we are God's people. We're brought in. And all of us are brought into community in the same way, by the same gospel. And that's what unites us. There's nothing that should divide us when we're united in the biggest thing. And then the expression of community, God, God brought us in and he gave us gifts. He gave us gifts to, to use. You know, we... we uh, for chosen people, it says in Ephesians 2.9, chosen people are real priesthood, people for his possession, and it says, so that, we were, so that we may proclaim the praises of the one who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we proclaim these praises to those that, that don't know God. We proclaim them outwardly, but we also proclaim inwardly. We remind ourselves, remind our brothers and sisters of, of this truth. And then um, we'll talk about the end of community, what we're working towards. So sometimes people define vision as knowing where you are and knowing where you want to be, you kind of knowing how to get there. And so I want us to see what the end of community is that we're working towards. Spoiler alert, it's Jesus. He's what we're working towards, what we're going for. Be like him. That's it. It's not easy, but that's simple. So as we dive into the text this morning, um, verses 1 through 6, the essence of community. First word here is therefore. People always make the joke, and I'm going to too. But, you know, when you see the word therefore, you have to see what it's there for. Why is the therefore there? So you see back um, the first three chapters of Ephesians, Paul lays out the gospel pretty clearly. This is a this is a great book. I recommend you go home and read it. Um, these first three chapters, there, there's so much just beautiful gospel truth in it. Towards the end of the first chapter, Paul prays for the Ephesians. In, in some of his prayer, we see, you know, we see in this passage as, as exhortation. You know, he prays for, for something, and then he encourages them to, to do that. Right, so Ephesians 1, starting in verse 17, he says, 
I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, so that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what is the wealth of His glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of His power to us who believe, according to the mighty working of His strength. He exercised this power in Christ by raising Him from the dead and seating Him at His right hand in the heavens, far above every ruler and authority, power and dominion, and every title given, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he subjected everything under his feet, and appointed him as head over everything to the church, which is his body, the fullness of the, fullness of the one who fills all things in the world. So verse 18 talks about the calling. All right, what is... Um, sorry, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so your heart may be enlightened, so you may know what is the hope of this calling. Right, so this is the calling to be part of the community. You know, we're, we're to live worthy of the calling that we've received. So we're called into this community. And then at the end, you know, it says that, um, you know, he pointed Christ as the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of the one who fills all things in every way. So as part of the church, you're part of God's fullness. Christ's fullness. Which is, you know, it just seems wild that we're part of Christ who fills all things in every way. We get the, you know, we get the kind of the spoils of the, the treasure that, that Christ earns. Kind of reminds me of um, when, when a sports team wins a championship, a lot of times they get rings. Right, so the Braves won the World Series. I'm going to say that as many times as I can. So the Braves win, right? So they won the World Series, and they're going to get World Series rings. <clears throat> There's a guy named Terrence Gore who uh, played for the Braves in the playoffs. He didn't play at all in the regular season, and he barely played in the playoffs. He appeared in one game. He didn't have any of the bats. He just came in as a pinch runner because he's fast. He gets a World Series ring. Same as Freddie Freeman, same as Ronald Acuna. Those are the best players. Um, so he gets the same reward of the World, World Series ring that the rest of the team does. That's kind of like us. Like we don't contribute anything to, to God, right? We, we bring nothing to the table. But we get his gift. We get the inheritance of the saints that, that Jesus sent for us. So that's the calling that we have. Like we, we're called into this community. And because we have this calling, we have a way to walk, right? It says to live worthy of the calling that you've received. Walk worthy of the calling. So we are God's people and we're supposed to, to live God's way. Right? It says, you know, what does this look like? It says, walk worthy of the calling that you received with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. You know, these are the kind of characteristics that you, that's the type of person you want to hang out with. Somebody who's humble, somebody who's patient and gentle. Be that type of person that you know, it's hard to make upset. You know that, that God has, has shown you so much patience, so much love. He's been so humble, humbled himself by leaving heaven to come to earth. He's been so gentle and so patient. He's, you know, he bared with us in love so much. And that's the, the type of calling that, that we have, you know, to, to be like God, to respond to 
others in, in humility and gentleness and patience. And then we're called to, to make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. We need to remember that the, the essence of our community is that we're all brought in the same way. Right? We're all brought in by the gospel. None of us are no way in. Right? We, we all have been brought in by, by God, by his gospel. And that should that should hold us together. When there are so many things that, that want to divide us, so many things that are just challenging. We're united in something that's greater than anything else. You know, we can we can think of different like different levels of, of beliefs, different levels of interests and opinions. You know, imagine like you're you know, you're looking for you're dating for a spouse or something. You're probably not really going to write somebody off based on their hobbies or their interests. What what team they're sports fan of, right? You might, but probably shouldn't. Um, you know, something that, that might be a little more important is the, the type of life you want to live. Like maybe maybe you don't want any kids, maybe they want a bunch of kids or something. That's something that you know may maybe a deal breaker. Maybe something you work out. And then even a little bit bigger, broader, you could have you know, different political beliefs that you think society should be organized one way, and they think it should be organized another way. Democrat, Republican, capitalist, socialist, that kind of thing. Um, but even the biggest of these, you know, it's, it's one country, one society, in one span of time. But the thing that, that unites us as believers is universal. It's all peoples, all times. So that's the essence of our community. It's, it's hard to stay united. This language in here is, is strong, right? It's make every effort to keep unity. Put in the effort to stay united. There's a brother and sister, brother or sister in, in here that might be hard to get along with. Might be, um, you know, maybe maybe you've sinned against someone, maybe someone has sinned against you. It takes effort to, to try to reconcile that relationship. But put that effort in, you know, because we want to keep the unity of the spirit, right? This this language here, verses four through six, it's just such a such a beautiful unity that we have. You know, there's one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. So these things that that hold us together in God, this one faith. It's one hope that we have, but that's stronger than, than anything that, that should divide us. So, you know, first, first Peter 2, again, you know, it says, You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, holy nation, a people for his own possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. You had not received mercy. But now you have receivers. So think about this sense of identity that you have as a recipient of the gospel. That you used to not be part of God's people, but now you are. You used to not have his mercy, but now you do. And that should change everything. You know, it says that you know, it does, we're, we're part of his people so that we proclaim his praises. We need to proclaim those praises to one another. Right? Remind one another of this truth. 
when we're veering off in, in sin, we're veering off in, in making our opinions stronger than stronger than God's. You know, we need to call each other back to it. We're playing the praises of hidden culture out of darkness into life. So we've been called in this community, that's kind of the essence of it. We're all in here together. We all have a, a part to play in it. So that's the expression of community. <clears throat> Next section, verses 7 through 12. It says right here in the beginning that grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. It seems, it seems a little bit like an oxymoron, the measure of Christ's gift, when we know that Christ's gift to us is immeasurable. Right? He's given us so much, he's given us far more than we can understand. But grace has been given to us according to that measure. So we're, our value in this community is not the gift that we have, not what we, how we express it. Right? It's, our identity is in that Jesus brought us in. <clears throat> how many of you guys have, have watched Encanto on Disney? Yeah, so the Davenport household are big fans of Minato. It came out on, on December 24th, on Christmas Eve, on, um, on Disney Plus. And it was probably like, you know, second, third week of January before we went a whole day without watching some of it. Right? So, um, yeah, so we love it. For those of you who haven't watched it yet, you, know, you, can, you can come to my house and we'll watch it together. Um, but, I'm going to spoil it a little bit, but not too much. So, there's a magical family. They have a magical house, and they each have magical gifts. And um, throughout the movie, you see that so much of their, their identity is, is wrapped up in their magic. Right? One of the lines in one of the songs is, I'm pretty sure I'm worthless if I can't be of service. Right? So they, they, feel like, they feel like they have to live up to this, this ideal. They have to have to be of service or else they're worthless. And so there's a, a moving scene towards the end. Magic is gone, house is crumbled, but the, the abuela, grandmother, matriarch of the family, you know, she says, the miracle is you. It's not some gift, it's just you. And so that's what I want us to see in here. You know, we want to see that the miracle is not what we have. You know, our, our gift. It's not, our, our value is not in our gift, what we have to, to bring to the church. Our value is in who we are. It's in that we are created in God's image. Another scene of that, that same song at the end, you know, the, the magic is gone, they're, they're thinking about rebuilding their house, and, um, you know, I really hear something, and she says, what's that sound? And then the little Antonio says, I think it's everyone in town. And the whole town is coming. And they, they say, lay down your load. We're, we're only down the road. We don't have gifts, but we are many, and we'll do anything for you. So that's the attitude that, that we should have. You know, God, we don't have much to give to you, but we understand that you've given us everything, and we'll do anything for you. So our value doesn't come from what we have to give. It comes from, from God. And our attitude should be you know, understanding, understanding the essence of community, understanding that, that we're brought in by the gospel and have that, 
drive us to, to be willing to do anything for the Lord for his glory. So we see in here that we've all been given something. You know, he says that grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. And so if you are part of community, if you are part of God's people, you have something to give. And we see throughout the scriptures, including in this passage, we see that there's a, a number of, of diverse gifts that we may have. Right? So in Romans chapter 12, it looks out a few. It says, as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function, in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. If prophecy, use it according to the proportions of proportion of one's faith. If service, use it in service. If teaching and teaching, exhorting and exhortation, giving with generosity, leading with diligence, showing mercy with cheerfulness. And then another list in First Corinthians chapter twelve, starting verse seven. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit, to another a message of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the performing of miracles, to another prophecy, to another dis distinguishing between spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. One and the same Spirit is active in all these distributing to each person as he wills. So every part that we have to play in this body, you guys people, is important. The one that we see here in verse 11 and 12, you know, give, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. So, the church doesn't, doesn't spread to new places without apostles. Right? Apostle, you know, that word is related to messenger, related to missionary. So apostles go to new places and, and start new works that bring the gospel to new places that helps the, the church grow. Prophets in this, they speak the truth in difficult times. They call out sin when it gets when it gets wrapped up in, in our faith and becomes idolatry. You know, prophets speak the truth in difficult times. Evangelists, you know, they proclaim the good news, both to, to those who don't believe it and also reminding us in here of the truth of the gospel. Right, so pastors help, you know, the, it's related to the word shepherd, right? So they, they care for the sheep and, and help, um, help the sheep grow, help the people grow. Te teachers help guide people on how they should live, help people understand the truth, understand the Bible better. If we don't have one of these gifts, then we're not fully thriving as a church, right? We need, we need all, of them, all of these. So, you know, we are the body of Christ. Whatever, whatever your gift looks like, use it well. Right? Every, every gift matters. In, in 1 Corinthians 12, right after Paul lists out those um, that the list of gifts, you know, he, he gives the, the analogy of, of the body in different parts and how, you know, different parts of the body should, should be against each other, right? The eye 
shouldn't you know, think it's better than the nose? Because if you don't have a nose, then you can smell. Right in the hand, or the, the foot shouldn't be jealous of the hand. Because we need feet to walk. We don't want to walk our hands. So we shouldn't look down on others because we think our gifts are better. We shouldn't be jealous of others because we think their gifts are better. Right? The gift that, that God has given you matters. And our church needs it. So the value that we have isn't, isn't in the gift, it's, it's in, in God. Because we're made in His image, we're brought into this community. We have a role to play, we have a gift to use. You know, pray that the Lord would, would reveal to you how you can, how you can serve, how you can use your gifts in this body. So, let's express, let's express our gifts, and then let's work towards this end. So the last section, verses 12 through 16, the end of community, and the goal that, that we're working towards. So what I want us to see first here is, is just that, that we need to grow. Right, so verse 13, yeah, so, they were growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. I think we have a long ways to go until we measure up to Christ's fullness. Right, but that's, that's not a bad thing. Right? We, we have a lot of room to grow. But, you know, I just think of, um, you know, when, when I was a, a newer parent, like when, when Ruth was a baby, when she first took her first steps, I'm super excited, right? She's she's growing. She's doing more. I'm not upset with her that she can't run yet, right? She's a toddler. I'm not expecting her to run. In the same way, you know, God celebrates our growth as, as we're being sanctified, as we're growing, as we're becoming more holy and getting closer to that measure of Christ's fullness. God has joy in us, like we have joy in our kids. But obviously, I didn't want the kids to stay toddlers. I did want them to, to learn to, to run at some point. So, in the same way, how does, how does the church grow? You see here in verse 15 that it grows by, by speaking the truth in love to one another. Speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into Him who is the head. <clears throat> There's a book called The Trellis and the Vine that um, you know, uses these verses. As an example of, of how the church grows, how um, yeah, how, how we build each other up, right? So they, they give the analogy of, of a trellis, which is you know, the wooden slats that um, kind of like a lattice or whatever that the vine grows up on, and they they say that the trellis is like the, the structures and programs of, of a church that allow the the vine growth to happen. What's really important is is the vine and how it grows. And so you only want enough trellis to allow the vine to grow. You don't want to spend a whole lot of effort on the trellis. We get the example of you know one trellis that's that's beautiful and it's painted and it's white, the paint's not even chipping at all, but the vine is just barely on the ground. And there's another trellis that you can barely even see the trellis. There's no paint on it or anything. It's, it's just kind of falling apart, but the vine is thriving. And that's the kind of kind of church that we want to be. We want to have you know enough structure to be able to speak the truth and love to one another. Right, so one of the 
structures that we have is, is this, women gathering together, right? We're singing the truth to each other. You know, hopefully I'm speaking the truth in love to you guys. Um, and hopefully every, every preacher that comes up here and expounds the text is doing it out of love and is doing it faithful to the text to speak the truth in love to one another. And that, that allows us to grow. Right? Some, sometimes we need to speak the truth to call somebody back off their sin. Right? Maybe the brother and sister in Christ is veering off, veering into sin. And you have an opportunity because you know that because you're in a relationship in this church. You have an opportunity to speak the truth and remind them, you know, proclaim those praises. Proclaim that, that God has saved you. Remember, remember the gospel. Remember that, that God is better than that sin that you're falling into. <clears throat> and the last thing we see in this section is that, you know, the whole body matters. Right, so verse 16, from him the whole body fitted and knit together by every supporting movement promotes the growth of the body for building itself in love that proper working in each individual part. So we are all involved, right? The proper working of each individual part. Just like in our bodies, if our parts aren't all doing what they're supposed to, then our whole body suffers. How many of you guys deal with seasonal allergies? Right, so, sorry, it's, it's coming. You know, the, you get the, the pine pollen that comes and it turns our cars yellow, it makes the sky yellow, and it's the worst. Um, you know, the, the allergies, they're your body turning against you, right? It's not, the pine pollen's not gonna kill you, right? But your body attacks it like it does a virus, like it does a germ. And it, it creates this reaction and the whole body suffers. Right, in the same way, you know, we can have parts of our body that that veer off, that do what they're not supposed to do. If you're abusing the gift that God has given you for your own satisfaction, for your own selfishness, for your own glory, right, our whole body suffers. So, you know, I want to encourage you that, that we need you. You know, we need all of all of you. All of the gifts that, that you have, that God has given. He's made a way for us to, to be in community together. We all united, working towards this end, working towards Christ, growing up into His way. And we're not going to do that if, if we're not united, if we're not all expressing our, our gifts, working towards this, this goal, this end. So I want to. I want to close by looking at an example of community from Acts chapter 2. You know, we, we know that, that Jesus is, is the end, he's, he's what we're working towards, but I want to, you know, look to this early church in, in Acts chapter 2 and, you know, and look at them as, as an example for us to follow. So Acts, Acts 2, 42 47, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, into prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. While all the believers were together and held all things in common, they sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple. They broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, 
praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to the number those who are being saved. So this is the type of community that we want to be. You know, we want to be gospel-centered, but they are. Where they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching. We want to live out the value of community like they do. Right? They were devoted to the fellowship and to breaking the bread. We want to live out the value of service like they do. This is they, they were together and they held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed proceeds to all. Let's serve that way. Let's be willing to sell our stuff so that you know someone else in our, in our bodies isn't suffering. And I see the value, you know, the core value of, of multiplication. And so verse 47, every day the Lord adds to remember those who are being saved. So this is the kind of community that, that we want to be. We want to be a gospel-centered community that serves one another, that serves others, that multiplies. So let's remember who we are, remember our, our essence, our identity, that God has brought us into this community through the truth of the gospel. Let's remember the purpose that he's called us to. Right? Let's live worthy of the calling that we received. Let's be humble, let's work for unity, make effort to be united in the bond of peace. Let's use our gifts in the way that God has called us to. Let's remember the end of our work glorify Christ. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for thank you for you, for your word, the way that, that you teach us, the way that you made a way for us to to be in community together. The way that you have given us identity, you've given us purpose, you've given us a future. Pray that you would help us to, to live for you, to glorify you, to see you, and, and to, to represent you to others in this community. Help us to, to remind one another of the truth, speak the truth and love to one another, build each other up so that we can grow into, into Christ, according to his fullness, according to that stature for you. We have so far to go, but know that you're with us all the way. It's a juice in